0: Welcome to the RTI Time Machine. Today's Time Traveler is John Van Trieste and the destination the 1940s. For much of the 20th century, Yang Sanlang was one of the leading figures in Taiwan's art world. He was part of that generation of painters who established Western art as a serious pursuit in Taiwan. And he showed that Taiwanese painting, and especially Taiwanese impressionism, could achieve world-class results. Last week, we heard from the artist's son, Daniel Young, about Yang Sanlang's early life, his sneaking off to Japan to study art, his great acclaim back home in Taiwan, and his period spent soaking in the work of the masters in France. We heard about artistic triumphs in leading exhibitions of the time, and how Yang and a group of contemporaries set up the Taiyang Fine Art Association to promote Western art in the 1930s. This week, Yang Sun joins us once again from the Yang Lang Museum, where many of his father's works hang today. We'll be hearing about Yang's deep commitment to his work, no matter the circumstances, and about how he continued to paint through some of the most turbulent years in Taiwan's history. During the years of the Pacific War, Allied bombs fell on Taiwan, which was then a Japanese colony. The war years also saw a scarcity of art supplies. But despite the bombs and the lack of paints, Yang continued to make stunning paintings in the seaside town of Danshui, north of Taipei. One painting in particular stands out from this period.
1: It's very extremely resembling Monet's painting of Lily Flower Pond. During the wartime, there was a shortage of painting material. So he, he can only paint it real thin, but that made this painting resembling Monet's painting.
0: With the end of the war in 1945, the order that Yang had known for his whole life ended too, with 50 years of Japanese rule replaced. The Republic of China government from across the Taiwan Strait now took control in its stead. But relations between local Taiwanese residents and the new government based in mainland China were not good. Tensions grew and finally erupted on February 28, 1947. A popular uprising was met with extreme violence from the government, with soldiers massacring across much of Taiwan in a frenzied rampage. Intellectuals were in especially great danger. Yang's son, Daniel Young, was a child at the time and he remembers the violence clearly.
1: We went through a lot during that incident. Even myself was kicked by a Chinese soldier. And yeah, they break in the middle of the night. And I saw in my own eyes that the school teacher was shot in just 10, 10 feet from me, shot to death, yeah.
0: Yang Sanlang was among those rounded up. He was put in a car and driven away to be executed. He was saved by a lucky combination of events, quick thinking, and sympathy from someone with authority.
1: They were ready to go to shoot him, you know, on the way. And my mother insisted to go with him. The tire broke down. And uh, the soldier went to look for the repairman and stopped in the uh, police station in uh, in the battle. And, uh, in the police station's chief was Taiwanese. And uh, he recognized uh, my father. And he asked him to run.
0: It wasn't unusual that the police chief would have known Yang. Under Japanese rule, he'd been a Taiwanese hero, with local papers reporting on his feet of getting into Japan's top art show. Now Yang needed to run, and he needed a distraction. Fortunately, his wife, Daniel's mother, knew just what to do.
1: When the soldier came back, my mother a big sound. He, he made a big sound and said, What are you going to do about it? I lost my husband because of your guys. And, you know, they, they didn't know what to do. My mother's voice was stronger than them. And I, I think my mother was like a, making, a, you know, like a trick, trying to, to scare them or something.
0: She shouted so angrily and made such a scene that the soldiers were stunned into silence. Meanwhile, Yang made his escape.
1: According to my father, he ran out to the, the Si River, and he found a fisherman with a little boat. And uh, he hid in a boat, the bottom of the boat, and he headed for the t- Taipei. And he, he said at that time, they, he was approaching Taipei. It's, all the Si River is colored with reds, like uh, all the blood and uh, all those dead people are in flooding in in the Tamsui River
0: Yang Sanlang found a safe house but his family was still in danger Back in Danshui another sympathetic Taiwanese with connections called ahead to warn the family when it came
1: That was March on March 15 I vividly remember because March 15 was my, my birthday and March 15, the uh, Taiwanese mayor of that time in Tamsui called us and said, they're coming again today. But my father's already in Taipei hiding. So we had to go out. But when, at that time when you, you go out the street, you had to hold your two hands, then walk like a three feet apart. You know, that's, that's uh, law at that time. Otherwise, the post-soldier will, will shoot you. But uh, before that, because of my birthday, my mother was uh, preparing my birthday. There's uh, no cake at all at that time. It's very poor. She boiled the egg and put the egg, this, uh, some figure in the egg, like a rabbit, and make it real interesting ready to eat. Then uh, we, had, we got a telephone from the mayor to go. So we had to leave that, and all the way when I was holding my hand and walking toward the station, what I had in mind was that two eggs of my birthday was uh, left in the home.
0: He never did get to enjoy those birthday eggs. It wasn't just Taiwanese locals who looked out for Yang Sanlang. Mainland Chinese, who'd come over with the government, didn't necessarily agree with the government's use of violence on Taiwan.
1: There was uh, one uh, musician coming from uh, mainland China. He's an orchestra conductor and sort of uh, had a relationship with the government because he's uh, coming from China. And he sort of approached us and uh, said, you know, your father has been hiding in the Yaminsan area, and uh, we are protecting him. So I think there's a... Small, small size of those mainland Chinese still, you know, in a different thought, you know. They try to protect the, the uh, innocent you know, intellectual.
0: After the massacres, once things had calmed down, Yang could come out of hiding, and he was reunited with his family. But Yang was disgusted. And at what we can imagine was great personal risk, he let everyone know exactly what he felt with a large-scale work called Shu Wang, or Disappointment. It debuted just one year after the massacres.
1: He was so disappointed. On the next year, he painted a large-sized picture, and he called Shu Wang Disappointed, you know, to show his disappointment in Taiwan government at that time. Right next year, the biggest the exhibition uh, put the su Wang on the, center of the the, the exhibition uh, and uh, this p- painting actually sort of remind me of Picasso's painting of his blue period with man and woman standing with their baby showing as if there were no hope beyond. People actually at that time knew what, what he meant, and it was very popular then among Taiwanese you know of, of course the uh, government didn't like it.
0: Somehow, though, Yang got away with displaying this painting. You can't see this work today, because later in his life, with the first sprouts of Taiwan's democracy, Yang Siam Lang no longer felt disappointed.
1: However, this painting was destroyed by the artist himself later when Li Dinghui became a president. He filled the hope there. He cut it up and uh, painted over another picture.
0: <laughs> Yang's near brush with death now passed, he would continue to live almost to the age of 90. As we'll hear next week, he was an artist of huge intensity, but also of subtle refinement, noticing the fine shades of color all around him. We'll also hear about some of his other works and the awards and honors he won. And we'll hear about how the Yang Sanlang Museum came to be. I'm John Van